0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Rundown presented by the Minnesota Daily. I am your host, Paul Hodewanek, the sports editor of the Minnesota Daily, and joining me today is our two fantastic football writers, Nick Youngheim and John Miller. Hello, boys. Hey, how you doing? How's it going, Paul? So this podcast is going to be coming out weekly. Um, It'll go out on Friday mornings, and our goal is to kind of preview the events of the upcoming week Um, this week this year it'll or this season it'll work really well because football will come out on or be playing on Saturdays so you'll be able to get your go for football fix. That's why we have Nick and John here today. So we are going to jump right in to talk about football that'll be the focus of today's episode. So there was a game last Thursday. I don't know if you guys heard. Um, <laughs> they played South Dakota State in their opener and then and since that day there's been a lot of hot takes, a lot of people coming in not sure what to kind of think about. The game. Um, I think a lot of fans maybe expected it to be a bigger result than it might have been. I think players and coaches might not have been as surprised about the outcome. What, what were you hearing from Fleck and from the players after the game ended?
1: Yeah, I mean, Fleck was saying pretty much it was going to be, they knew it was going to be a hard game going in. South Dakota State was ranked number three in the FCS poll, so they're one of the best teams in that uh, subdivision. And he really respected the program they had, so I don't think he was necessarily surprised that the game came down to the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah, I think he kind of talked about it like it was their Super Bowl, and if you really think about it, last year Penn State played Appalachian State for their first game of the year. They almost got upset at home as well. I mean, it's just a game where a team's rising up to the occasion for their biggest game of the year, and I think all they had to do was just get through it. It's, you know, it, it's going to be the second game that's going to show how the Golfers do. It's going to be this game at Fresno State. Um, but you know, all this team needed to do is get out there with a W and that's what they did.
0: After the, after the game, Fleck had a couple, a couple critiques. Um, one with, was with the defense. He thought they kind of played a little aggressively, maybe trying to make too many big plays at the beginning of the game. He pointed to a, a Winfield, um, sack that he had, but he didn't, he didn't convert. Um, what did you see from the defense and maybe from the players afterwards? Is that what they, what they necessarily thought of the game?
2: Yeah, I thought the defense um really they got pushed pushed around up front. I mean, they you couldn't really st- they they couldn't stop the offensive line for South Dakota State from getting leverage. They're getting pushed back. The linebackers weren't really doing anything at all. And I think that had a lot to do with Kamal Martin being out, you know, to have his senior presence being missed. You, so you had Thomas Barber having to do more than he really needed to and more than he's used to. So with Kamal Martin coming back for this next game, I think the defense is going to be a little better now that, you know, Thomas Barber will be where he needs to be.
1: Yeah, there are a couple instances where the defense was a little bit undisciplined. The very first play from scrimmage for South Dakota State, they had an end around that went for a big game. And there were other instances, such as there was a screen pass, I believe, in the second half that went for big yardage. So Fleck almost sounded Belichickian after the game, kind of imploring his guys to, you know, do your job and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, the Gophers really could not, on first down, they could not stop the South Dakota State offense, and that was that was big, and it showed up in the end, you know, they had more first downs and more yards than the Gophers.
0: Yeah, I think I saw that they had over seven yards per play on first down, so definitely need to clean that up for a Fresno State team that has a dynamic quarterback in the backfield, and so that's going to be something that they're going to have to um, contend with, um, but Just focusing a little bit more on the last game before we head to Fresno State. Um, On the offensive side of the ball, it was, again, in those trenches areas where Fleck, I think, saw that there was some improvement needed. The offensive line struggled a little bit, but Tanner Morgan responded well. He created well out of the pocket, found some guys when he needed to out of the pocket, um, and really was the calm presence that they needed in the offense when it was going a little shaky there at the beginning.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Coach Soraka really talked about it yesterday Mm -hmm. in his uh, post-game press conference or midweek press conference leading up to Fresno State. He kind of talked about how last year Tanner Morgan was just a game manager, but he didn't want to call him that this year. He's really hesitant. Somebody was trying to get him to maybe call him a game manager in their question, but he really thinks that, you know, they're going to take it game by game, and I felt like he really thinks that Tanner Morgan – is not just a game manager anymore and he he made vast improvements uh this spring
1: yeah morgan's still a young quarterback and he had that first half interception early in the game which oftentimes can get somebody out of their rhythm but he bounced back went 13 for 18 on thursday night so he showed good poise even when he had to run for his life a few times when the pocket collapsed and he had to make plays on the run so Overall, a good performance by Morgan, I think, something to build off moving forward.
2: Yeah, especially if he can be a little threat with his legs. That was something Zach Anakstad really couldn't do last year. So if Morgan can, you know, be a threat with his legs, keeps the defenses just a little more offensive, or it keeps the defenses uh, just a little more honest and allows you to do a little more with your offense. And it
0: definitely helps when you have some weapons like Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson. John, you wrote about Rashad this week. Um, you can go check that article out on MNDaily.com. But um 5 catches 132 yards the highlight touchdown grab um that really is going to help the young quarterback to have him to have Tyler Johnson and they they keyed in on Tyler Johnson and I think that's going to help help Bateman kind of put up those stats and put up those numbers but I think eventually they're not going to be able to just focus on Johnson they're going to see Bateman's killing him and Johnson's going be, to be able to get his as well.
2: Yeah, coach Soraka talked about how you know having Bateman might you know, have to keep the defenses a little more honest, you know, not double teaming Tyler Johnson, but I think we're going to see teams continue to double Tyler Johnson. They're going to have to find ways to scheme him open, but Johnson didn't help himself out. He had a couple bad drops, you know, like he had last year. And, you know, for a guy going to the pro level, that stuff he really has to clean up. I mean, he's a Sherlock to be drafted next year, but he's got to clean up those drops.
1: It has kind of been the one knock on Tyler Johnson in terms of his draft stocks, as good of a route runner as he is, he's had a couple, key drops in some situations
2: so having Bateman to go as
1: that one-two punch with Johnson that really helps Morgan out
2: yeah one of those drops was on a crucial third down where you know where the Gophers were on the verge of you know losing their lead or they were already down I can't really remember exactly when it was but Bateman you know he really stepped up I know he didn't have a catch in the second half but boy he he looked you know like the real deal
0: and they'll need him to continue to be the real deal as they start to play some tougher opponents I know South Dakota State wasn't the rollover that many people thought and Fresno State definitely is not going to be. They were 12-2 and last year. They were the Mountain West champs. Um, they lost their first um, game of the season to uh, USC 31-23 to um, but they fought back. They scored uh, 10 in the fourth quarter and held USC scoreless so they were coming back. They were driving on that last um, drive and it kind of was reminiscent of the Fresno State game last year when they were driving down the field down 21-14 against the Gophers and until uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. uh, intercepted the ball in the end zone. Nick you wrote about Antoine in that in that play from last year what did he kind of have to say about that? Yeah he said he was just
1: excited to get back out there he's it was obviously tough to get injured last season after in 2017 as well he missed the last eight games so he's somebody the Gophers really want to get back out in the field and he wants to get back out there too and I think that In the last game, we didn't see as much from him, but he still had a pretty solid performance with four tackles. And he says that he's 100% ready to go and he's feeling healthy. So he's definitely a key player on that secondary.
2: Yeah, Coach Rossi hyped up about how much it's nice to have him back on defense to have one of the best players at his position be back out there. Um, But he definitely said that, you know, he wasn't, you know, he's got to kick off the rust a little bit, is when he implicated. And he's going to have a heck of a year, I think.
0: The Game will air at 9:30 p.m. Um, in Fresno State. It'll be a 7:30 or a 9:30 kickoff here. 7:30 kickoff in California. And the Gophers have a six and three record in night games in flex tenure and a four and zero non conference record. So we'll see if he can continue that. Flex said to, this week in his weekly Gopher radio hit that they were ready to um, play in the heat. It's going to be 92 degrees there, and they were p- practicing indoors, pumping up the heat, getting ready to. Um, face that different climate. And is that something that they discussed at all in their, in their midweek
2: pressers? Um, No, not, not too. I don't, they didn't really, they just talked about, they're going to keep their schedule the same. They're going to keep everything on central time about the heat. Not too much. That was really, the the fleck thing was the first I'd heard of it.
1: Yeah. That, that was what I heard as well Uh, for travel. uh, They're trying to keep their body clock the same. They said they were going to try and stay on central time, but as for the heat, It is looking very hot in Fresno this week, so obviously that means hydration is going to be a key, making sure everybody's in good shape to play in that weather. Luckily for them, since it's a night game, it'll be a little cooler, especially after the sun goes down. Um, Second half, hopefully the temperatures are a little bit more reasonable.
2: Yeah, and I was listening to the, um, you know, Ryan Burns' podcast today and, you know, the go for gridiron I think it's called and he brought up a good point about the heat you know a lot of these players did grow up in the south so this isn't going to be that big of a deal to them And I thought that was a really good point so they're just going to play their game and uh, not worry too much about what they can't control and, and they're going to try to cool down uh dual threat quarterback for Fresno State Jorge
0: Reyna uh, he in his first game had 256 yards a pair of touchdowns and also ran for 88 yards and dual threat quarterbacks are somewhat of a Achilles heel, at least for the defense last year, pre Joe Rossi um, against Nebraska, Adrian Martinez threw for 276 yards, three touchdowns and ran for almost 150 yards and a touchdown. And then the next week when they lost to Illinois, that was the breaking point before they fired Rob Smith, um, AJ Bush, the quarterback for Illinois at 216 yards and two touchdowns in over the air. And then 135 yards and two rushing touchdowns. So it's definitely a thing to keep an eye on. I think Kamal Martin coming back is really going to help those, that linebacker core be able to maybe put some spies on the quarterback um, and really be able to help contain them.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, Reina is a totally different quarterback than what we saw last week with uh, Jabory Gibbs. Jabory Gibbs, you know, it was his first game he had ever played. He's quick to get the ball out of his hands. They weren't going to allow the Gophers to get the pressure onto him. But with Reina, they're going to throw it out. I mean, a Jeff Tedford offense, I mean, this guy's known for developing quarterbacks, having a pass-heavy offense. They're going to they're gonna be able to try to rush him, but they're going to have to definitely contain him as well. And like you said, running a QB spy is going to be huge, especially with Kamal Martin.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that the Gophers are probably going to have to get a little more pressure on him than they did with South Dakota State last week to make him uncomfortable and hopefully try and keep him in the pocket, make him beat him with his arm because his completion percentage last week under 50%, they're probably going to have to hope to have a similar output this week. Um Maybe a little bit more from Carter Coughlin coming off the edge. He was hampered. Um, they didn't disclose what the injury was, but he was a little bothered last week and only recorded three tackles.
2: Yeah, from what I've heard, it's a it's a lower body injury, and he didn't play from the second, the middle of the second quarter till the last drive by South Dakota State when they really needed to put the pressure on. So it kind of makes you think, you know. If it's a lower body injury, you have the next, you know, you have the next two games you're playing Fresno state this week, and then you're going to Georgia state or Georgia state is coming here. And then you have a buy. So do you want to play Carter Coughlin or risk him? Or do you want to, you know, play him for the big 10? If he's going to play, you want to make sure he's, he's really healthy and lower body injuries. They're not sure really what it is. Is it a hip? Is it a, is it a quad? You know, if, if those things linger. So if you can get him healthy going into the big 10, I think you kind of have to do it and sacrifice a little pass rush.
0: Definitely, and he's got aspirations after this too, so they don't want to rush him back too quickly. And the, there's Big a, Big Ten aspirations for this team, so oh, yeah. that that's definitely something to consider. And they'll want him back. They uh, Fresno State has a running back by the name of Ronnie Rivers. He's a Doak Walker watch, watch list. That's for the top running back in the nation. He was a little slowed down by USC, only uh, 14 carries for 57 yards, but definitely something that him and the linebackers are going to have to contend with. I think the secondary actually played pretty decently, against South Dakota State. Um, That is, uh, they they were doing a pretty good job. Um, Minus one receiver, I forget what his name was, but he was running a little bit rampant for them. And then focusing on the um, the offensive side for the Gophers against the Fresno State defense, um, Fresno State's defense was no slouch. They had the third best uh, points per game allowed in um, the country in 2018, only 14 points per game. They were 23rd in pass yards allowed. 29th in rushing yards allowed, and 17th in total yards. They only re- returned three starters, I believe, so there's a little bit of a shakeup there, but the the culture's still there, the coaches are still there, so that's something that I know the Gopher offense struggled to get off the ground a little bit, and it's not going to be any any easier this week.
2: Yeah, you know, this Fresno State, you know, that was a huge win for the Gophers last year. They actually, Fresno State finished the year ranked 18th, so they're not a slouch. Sure, they lost their quarterback. They also lost Keyshawn Johnson, who went to the Arizona Cardinals, fantastic wide receiver. Um, they're they're going to have to, you know, play really well. I mean, Fresno State, you know, like I said, Jeff Tedfer, Tedford, you know, he's a he's one of the best coaches in the country, regardless if he's at Fresno State or not. Um, but the Gophers are going to have to play their best ball game to go on the road and continue to, you know, run their streak, make it 17 straight, you know, non-conference games won.
1: Yeah, to break down that Fresno State defense, the offensive line is probably the key point for the Gophers. They're going to have to play a little bit better than they did last week, and especially starting early. Just a little bit. Yeah, looking at the running game last week. It took them a while to establish it. Heading into the fourth quarter, Minnesota still had under three yards of carry, and then finally after that fumble, they were able to get going a little bit. So I think they're going to have to have Rodney Smith and Mo Ibrahim get going earlier this week.
2: Yeah, going into that final drive, they had 37 carries for 100 yards, and in a gopher-led offense against an FCS team, that is not that great. And what they talked about, I mean, Curtis Dunlap had a really tough game. Daniel Falele had a really – A tough game. But one thing Kurt Soraka also said was that this is really the first time those guys saw contact, especially like Rodney Smith. So he said it was no surprise that as the game got going, they got more used to the hits, and then they got the run game going. So that's what you'd like to see as they get used to the hits. Can they be even better as they go along?
0: Yeah, the offensive line had its best probably six minutes right at the end of the game. And when you look at the numbers afterwards, Rodney Smith's don't look too bad. 21 carries, 94 yards. Ibrahim 12 carries, 36 yards, so there's a little bit of difference in carries. Does it seem like going forward that's going to be more of a hot hand type situation between Rodney Smith and Mo Ibrahim? Yeah, it's definitely possible, and even looking
1: more at that running back depth chart, they've got a lot of more guys that they could work in. Bryce Williams didn't play at all in that first game, and then Shannon Brooks is still coming back for his injury. So there are a lot of options for Fleck and Scirocco with that offense as to who they can hand the ball off to, so that is a luxury in a sense, that they can choose from four established backs already. And if one of them is having a hot game, that they could certainly ride with whoever that is.
2: Yeah, I mean, we know these guys can play in the Big Ten. They're going to get better as the season rolls along. But like we talked about, the offensive line is going to have to get a push. Soraka talked about in his press conference yesterday, that they're really like an orchestra if one if one part's not you know doing its job it sounds like crap and this is you know if somebody's not doing their job in the offensive line they play like crap so well if they can get that push and they can establish the run um especially what i've heard is the weather it's not just the heat this week but it's also they're supposed to be it's supposed to be pretty windy there, almost 20 20 mile per hour winds i think they might not be able to pass the ball as much yeah
0: and they'll definitely definitely have the opportunity um USC had uh, five, almost five yards per carry um, on their rushes against Fresno State. So if the offensive, offensive line can get a little bit more of a push, um, you'd you'd think that Rodney Smith and Mo Ibrahim can start to create some holes and running game. All it, always on the road is important to kind of establish your time of possession, just establish yourself, help the defense out as well. So looking forward to the Fresno State game against a tough opponent. What are your what do you think the keys to win are? What have what have Fleck and the coordinators been highlighting as we head into the matchup?
2: I think, you know, they're just going to have to, you know, play their game. They're going to have to establish the run and then really control the you know, time of possession. That's what I think is going to be the deciding factor in this game, although it was the opposite for South Dakota State, and they ended up getting the win. So,
1: Yeah, definitely, as you just said there, and as we touched on earlier, the offensive line having to work in tandem, they're going to have to do a better job of not only establishing the run, but on passing downs, picking up blitzes a little better, getting that extra edge pressure if they send them. They got to do a lot better against stunts than they did with South Dakota State because the Jackrabbits landed a few sacks and quite a few pressures on Morgan with that. So the offensive line working together as a unit is definitely going to be the key for the Gophers offense. And then defensively, like Coach Fleck was saying, just everybody trying to settle down, not do too much. And take care of their own assignments.
2: Yeah. Stunts absolutely killed them last week. And it was just something that I'm sure they, I didn't, nobody asked that. I don't think in the, in any of the pressers, but yeah, I'm sure they practiced that all week is preparing. Cause I think, you know, Fresno state's going to watch that film and they're going to be, you know, running stunts and misdirection defensive lineman plays all the time.
0: Well, th- Minnesota is a three point betting favorite right now. Um, as an underdog, um, or not a their Fresno state's a home underdog, excuse me. Um, that's always a little bit troubling, especially when it's their first game um, at home. 40,000 fans are going to be ready to cheer that team on. And obviously, know their culture is strong, being the number 18-ranked team. Um, they're returning a decent amount of guys on the offense. I know the quarterback just started their first game, but their skill position guys are there, and they're going to be ready to go in front of that
2: crowd. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's always tough in college football to go and play on the road. But one thing Fleck did say was that, you know— these guys just got into their dorms. Now they're, you know, they're going to be staying somewhere else. It's really not that big of a difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think the time difference is going to be that different. I think they're just going to have to get off the plane and, you know, be ready to smack someone in the mouth.
1: Yeah, and they have traveled before under Flack. It was in his first season they played a game similar to this at Oregon State that they ended up winning pretty handily. A lot of different guys on this team, but that should give gopher fans some confidence that the coaching staff
0: knows how to handle a west coast night game well we'll be watching uh you guys will be reporting it'll be a late night for you guys but i look forward to it and we'll i think we'll get a real good sense of what this team is made of um after this game they're gonna then have a couple uh, easier games at home before the big 10 schedule kind of really hits they get in the meat of the big 10 schedule so it's it's going to be really interesting any other thoughts before we close out
2: no, I just would tell people not to be too worried about that South Dakota State game. It's a totally different ballgame, first game of the year, you know, just like in the NFL. I mean, somebody can look at like crap week one and go on and win the Super Bowl. I mean, just like, you know.
1: Exactly. This is, in my opinion, a perfect schedule for this Gophers team. They're playing two opponents that might not be known nationally as great programs, but within the college football ranks, they're definitely well-respected, and they've been very successful uh, programs within their respective conferences. So great learning opportunity for the Gophers this uh, non-conference season.
2: Yeah, and with Jeff Jed Tef, Jeff Tedford, you know, it being a passing guy, the one thing that was good for the Gophers last week was the was the um you know was the cornerbacks and the safeties. They played fantastic. It's everybody else. So I think they'll be just fine.
0: All right, thanks, guys. We look forward to talking to you again next week, and we will be coming to you every Friday from here on out as we give you guys your go-for-fix. And it won't just always be football. As uh, volleyball and other sports start to ramp up, hockey and basketball, I already saw that they're going to have their first media availabilities coming up soon. Their schedules just got released today, or Thursday, excuse me. So um, we're just getting rolling on a a great year, and I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, this is going to be great.
0: Can't wait. In other news... The Gopher Volleyball team dropped their second consecutive match on Wednesday night to the number 3-ranked Texas Longhorns, three sets to zero. While the Gophers pushed the Longhorns past 25 in two of the three sets, they couldn't convert when it counted as they went 0 for 14 on set points. The lineup returns much of the same faces with new UCLA transfer Kylie Miller filling in for departed senior Samantha Seliger-Swenson. While the last two games have been a struggle, the season is young and the Gophers still find themselves ranked in the top ten. The team will hope to right the ship against another top 10 team when they take on the number 7-ranked Florida Gators at Maturi Pavilion on Saturday at 7 p.m. The Gopher women's soccer team has also had a rough start to their season as they are still looking for their first win. They currently stand at 0-2-2. The 2018 Big Ten champs welcomed 10 freshmen and 3 transfers to the squad and are still learning to play together. The cross-country teams begin their season on Friday for the Oz Memorial, which is hosted at Les Bolstad Golf Course on the St. Paul campus. And while the cross-country team takes over the Gopher Golf Stomping Grounds, the golf teams will be starting competition as well. The women will spend Monday and Tuesday at Prestwick Golf Club for their first tournament of their season, and the men will tee it up on Sunday at Winsong Golf Course in Independence, Minnesota for the Gopher Invitational. We'll be back next week to give you the weekly rundown on all things Gopher Sports. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. We'll see everyone next week.